Have you ever heard the tragedy of Darth Lucas the Wise? No, I have not. What, tell me, tell me more of this Darth Lucas. I thought not. It's not a story most filmmakers will tell you. You see, it's a Disney legend. <laughs> Darth Lucas was a dark lord of cinema, so powerful and so wise. He could influence the universe of Star Wars to keep people from dying. He had such a knowledge of the universe that he can even keep other creators from changing things from the way he saw it. This is a pathway to many abilities some consider to be unnatural. Eventually, of course, he made a deal with a very large company, and he lost his power. He taught his apprentice, Dave Filoni, everything he knew. And then Dave Filoni went on to undermine the company that stole Star Wars from him. And it is possible to learn this power but not from the mouse. I've lost my train of thought completely. <laughs> oh, how on par, on course. Technicolor Trainwreck. If if you can't tell already, today's topic is Star Wars. Ba 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 DMCA. Stop. The mouse is listening. Uh, we are your conductors today. I am Trevin, and I am Ryan. And, and it's just the two of us today. Uh, yeah. Matt is currently doing a report in the Far East. We sent him on location. Maybe he'll come back. We'll see. Yes. Do we know what he's reporting on right now? Um, sand. I, I, sand. Oh, I see. Okay. I was worried about that, you know, because after the Dune episode, he got really obsessed with sand. I don't know if he realizes that it's coarse and rough and irritating, and it really gets everywhere. Oh, man. I don't personally like sand very much. Uh, Annie, <laughs> are you okay? I don't know. Are you okay, Annie? <laughs> <laughs> so yes, we're gonna we're talking Star Wars specifically. We're gonna try try emphasis on try stay on course with just talking prequels. Yes, indeed, we're gonna keep try and keep ourselves to the prequel trilogy in its entirety. Um, 
I don't know. Do we discuss like Clone Wars and stuff like that too? Because they technically well, fall in prequel. I, they category. do, they do, and then uh, especially since that's super fresh in my mind because I've just recently watched that finally. Mm-hmm. Um, but the prequel era of the movies and content in general is what you and I, I think, would be most familiar with, considering that's that's what we grew up with. That is exactly what that the first Star Wars movie I got to see in theaters was. Um, Actually, I think Attack of the Clones because I did not get to see Phantom Menace because I got grounded. Ooh. <laughs> um, I did see the original trilogy when they did the re-release in 97 mm-hmm. in theaters. So I did get to see those in theaters. Okay, cool, cool. I know for me personally, the first Star Wars movie that I saw was, thankfully, uh, Phantom Menace. <laughs> I saw Phantom Menace in theaters. It was my, me, my dad, and my cousin. And I, I loved it when I was a kid. I really did. Oh, I did too. Like, this is pod racing. <laughs> now this <laughs> is pod racing. <laughs> um, oh, I man. do love, like, that. <laughs> it, it, like, when you watch it again as an adult, like, it's flawed. It is, it is a flawed movie. It almost commits a cardinal sin by being kind of boring. Oh, yeah. For the first h- half of it. like I find Phantom Menace in the same vein as um, Fellowship of the Ring. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of buildup. Yeah. You have so much buildup, and then it doesn't really pay out until the end. Um, because the fucking lightsaber battle in the end of Phantom Menace is probably one of the best lightsaber duels in all of star wars yeah hands down in the whole trilogy in the whole saga i was gonna say the whole trilogy but the whole saga shows included it is i think the second best following right behind the battle on mustafar oh because the mustafar battle is so just fucking diverse and active they, they're, they're constantly moving they're just ah. Uh, yeah, that that was a great, a very well choreographed fight. Absolutely. And it's tragic in a way, too. Like, just seeing Anakin fall is heartbreaking, especially after you watch The Clone Wars. Oh, yeah, because um, you've mentioned this time and time again, uh, the supercut, which mm-hmm. ties the final season into uh, Revenge of the Sith. Mm-hmm. And... I still need to watch that, but that's because that's, but you said it's like four hours. Oh, yeah. You need to set a day. Like, you need to plan um, it. But it's just like watching that final season of Clone Wars and just seeing where it we, I can see exactly where it weaves in and out of um, Revenge of the Sith. And it's just uh, very well done storytelling on their part for the that final season of Clone Wars. The final season is the penultimate season of that show. It really is. It's, it's wonderful. Mo- like there's some weak points in the last season. I mean, like the whole stuff with Ahsoka and her sis uh, and the, the criminal sisters. It, I, I like that was weak. Yeah, that was a little weak, but it, I, I do like that. It all builds to something like mm-hmm. fine, obviously f- spoilers to anyone who hasn't seen the last season of clone wars, but it's finding mall. And then, yeah. like, introducing the Bad Batch as their own thing, which the Bad Batch episode's been on YouTube for a long time as an unfinished episode. And it was excellent then, and it's even better now because it's, well, finished. It was just 
cube. Right. It was like cubes before, but um, still really, really good. And I don't know. There's just a lot to really like about that last season. But yeah, that final like three episodes, like the Siege of Mandalore and mm-hmm. just the build up and the last time Ahsoka and Anakin talk to each other. And it's just uh, heart wrenching. Everything hurts once I'm done watching it. <laughs> that that scene in the snow with Vader. Oh, with the helmets. I know. So good. It really is. It really, really is. I, I, I'm really hyped for the Ahsoka show that's coming out on Disney Plus. Um, I really like her as a character. Like her development from like really like at the very beginning, super whiny teen mm-hmm. to a actual general in the the fucking Clone Wars, and just she's intelligent. She took the lessons that Anakin taught her, mm-hmm. the better things that he taught her. Yeah. And then the wisdom of Obi-Wan. And she had the benefit of being trained by both of them. Yeah, her her space dads. She had she had the benefit of both being having yeah. Ahsoka is such a well rounded character. This is gonna end up being just a podcast about Ahsoka, I think. <laughs> <laughs> um she's so well rounded. Like when you first yeah, you're right. When you first meet her in the Clone Wars movie, it's just like watching watching everything she does and every word she speaks, it's like a tooth being pried out of your head but Mm -hmm. as this as her character growth progresses i think it's by season two where you see her pay for her mistakes like mistakes that she makes that impact everybody around her um and it i can't even i can't place the episodes right now off the top of my head but i know there's a chain of episodes that slowly lead into her kind of becoming more starting starting to well round out you know as a character uh and i don't know ahsoka's just very well written i'm so glad i didn't write her off in that first season oh yeah for sure um when it comes to the prequels and it's funny the character who the best character to come out of the prequels (coughs) isn't even in the fucking movies yeah that's fair that's fair i'm guessing you're it's ahsoka we're talking yeah ahsoka yeah Yeah. it's ahsoka okay Uh, for sure just clarifying it's like, is it Ahsoka? Ahsoka cast 2021. <laughs> yeah. It's like, are we talking about Ahsoka or are we talking about Clone Wars series Darth Maul? Because, like... Maul, like, them bringing back Maul, like, people complain, oh, they're just bringing him back for uh, the money. No, his story is actually pretty fucking cool, and especially how it arcs so far. Mm-hmm. Especially because with Obi-Wan, his, his fate is tied to Obi-Wan's so closely because he he never got over becoming half the man he was because of obi-wan <laughs> quite literally <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i one thing i've really liked about um maul i've talked about this on my streams before and fuck i'll talk about this to anybody who will listen so um <laughs> thanks for giving me a soapbox here <laughs> there we go um maul's entire arc is dictated by tragedy. It's a, it's dic- like it's the complete almost antithesis to Obi-Wan. Um Maul is taken as a child from the Night Sisters from Dathomir, trained as a Sith assassin, not even necessarily as a Sith replacement as dictated by Darth Darth Plagueis, the the fantastic novel. Um 
he's trained as an assassin, but also sort of as an apprentice. Um, and then he, like, he fails so horribly. And the only focus, somehow he managed to stay alive. Like the plot, he has plot armor, the thickest plot armor I've ever seen on any character in any series ever. He somehow manages to survive being cut literally in half and uses only his rage and anger towards the Jedi and specifically to Obi-Wan to keep himself alive, loses his mind, comes back, gets literally given a second chance on life. And what he chooses is to seek revenge. He doesn't choose to build an, like to build himself as a better Sith. He doesn't choose to do something more meaningful. He just wants to kill Obi-Wan. That's it. And that's his whole arc. Yeah. And it's just that and failure. So he keeps trying to kill Obi-Wan and he fails. Then he tries to take Mandalore and he fails. Then like, well, not completely fails, but I mean like, he takes Mandalore for a hot second and then right. for the most part fails. Then he tries to take, if you haven't seen rebels, he tries to take Ezra and he fails. I have not seen rebels, but it's on my list. It's really good. And then it's got the final fight scene between Obi-Wan and uh, Darth Maul. Maul, which I won't spoil it for you. I won't spoil it for anyone out there, but that is in my top five favorite lightsaber duels in star Wars. Because it perfect, they perfectly mirror Maul and Obi Wan perfectly mirror each other, and it really shows just how far Obi Wan has climbed in comparison to Maul. I'll leave it at that. Maul's whole arc is brilliant. I love Maul. I do. Maul is great. I like. He's fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm glad that they that they found a way to bring him back because he was such a badass in and okay star wars does this a lot Mm -hmm. and i hate it they will bring in such a badass character and hype them to all hell and then just give them the most punk ass deaths captain phasma is a perfect example phasma it was gonna be my example they built phasma up so much Mm -hmm. so much and both times that you see her in action she gets punked out Yep. By a basic trooper. Mm-hmm. Another one, and this is a hot take for most Star Wars fans, Boba Fett. Boba Fett, I, I, he was going to be my, because each trilogy has that one badass who just gets punked, who does not get the credit they deserve. Yeah. We have Darth Maul in the prequels, Boba Fett in the uh, original trilogy, and Phasma in the, in the sequels. Yeah. Phasma's not the only one in the sequels, too. Like, There's a lot of characters in the sequels that don't get their... They don't. They don't get the deserve uh, the the justice they deserve. Poe Dameron's another one. Compl- oh yeah, he did. He got fucking written out of most of the story, which he was a character like. Um, tell me more. Yeah, like, I want to see more of Poe. Yeah, and same thing with Finn too. Like wasting John Boyega like that is just a tragedy. Like, but they built him. We're up- going off into the sequels. Yeah, we <laughs> promised we wouldn't do this. The sequels are a whole other set of videos, and it's mostly going to be us screaming for 45, possibly 50 minutes. <laughs> so, okay, getting us back on the train of the prequel series, of the, of the prequel, we'll call it the prequel saga, I guess, because there's a right. lot of prequel material in there. Exactly. Like, like, most of the shows that we have is prequel-based. Mm-hmm. We're only just now getting into 
original trilogy and post-original pre-sequel yeah with like mandalorian Mm -hmm. and um ahsoka which mandalorian we can just do in another fucking episode on oh for sure um okay (coughs) what is the most problematic thing of the prequels you think one is inclined to say jar jar (laughs) Um, (laughs) don't take the easy way out don't take the easy way i refuse to take the easy way out like, we're not touching on weak acting, weak dialogue. <coughs> we're not touching on the entirety of Jar Jar Binks, who I, I still have a soft spot for. I, I will be honest. I have a soft spot for Jar Jar. Um, Battle, Battlefront 2 DLC. Come on, guys. Give me give me Jar Jar. Make, him, Jar make Jar. him a Sith Lord. Yeah, make him a Sith Lord. Um, most problematic thing about the trilogy or the series, do you think? Like, the whole gap mm. when you like what no what do you like i'm asking what do you are we allowed to do the gap or are we like like the whole thing or just the trilogy uh let's just, we can do the whole thing all right um you go first because i can't think of anything <laughs> i gotta think about um, <clears throat> well the the dialogue for sure hayden christensen got really shafted on his dialogue um i'm super excited to see him back yes in the obi-wan series i would love to see them together i would love to see like flashbacks and see anakin like hayden christensen in clone war garb yeah so would i i think we're gonna get that in the ahsoka series because he's back in ahsoka as well hell yeah yeah they're giving hayden christensen another shot which he frankly deserves he like he played the role of emotionless Vader an emotionless Anakin. I think <clears throat> well enough. Um, and if you listen to the way he talks, he speaks like how Vader speaks, like that's what he was going for. And it's not, it's bad. I don't think it's the most problematic portion of the series. Um, but it is up there. It It's up there. I think, the most problematic thing that I can think of personally off the top of my head right now is probably Natalie Portman's acting. That's, that's what I got. Really? I think she is probably <clears throat> her. And then the, the actual love affair between her and Anakin is weak. It's just, it's, Oh God, it, it, there's no chemistry. There's no chemistry. It's just, which they, I mean like God bless fan theories. There's a fan theory to explain why there's no chemistry. Because there's always a fan theory to explain why there's no chemistry. There's always a fan theory because to explain Star things. Wars fans are fucking... Yes. They're wild. Yes. I, like, I'm a proud member of the Star Wars fan community, but I'm also ashamed. <laughs> like, like the treatment of Kelly Marie Tran, for example. Um, uh, not okay. No. The treatment of Ahmed not. Best, also not okay. The treatment of Hayden Christensen, or even worse, the... Um, why can't I place the kid's name? The kid who played young Anakin. Jake Lloyd. Jake Lloyd. Star Wars fans, the Star Wars fandom can be toxic. And that's a whole conversation for another day, I think. But the fan theory uh, is that Anakin, not realizing just how powerful he is in the Force, accidentally brainwashed her. Literally just influenced her using the Force to fall in love with him. And that's why it's so emotionless. But the Clone Wars TV show kind of fixes that a little because it's there's a lot more chemistry there. Oh yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. 
but I think their their love their love for each other is problematic. I think the most problematic thing in the series, at least from Attack of the Clones onward, is just the heavy use of green screen. It's just bad effects. Oh yeah, they they, they went really ham on that. Like as soon as Yoda stopped being a puppet, I was like, oh. But do you remember what the Yoda puppet from Phantom Menace looked like? Bad. Yeah, it was all bad. It was no matter what you did, it was bad. <laughs> like. There was no way they were going to get it right. <laughs> That's one thing Last Jedi actually did well, that the Yoda puppet was pretty dead on. Though I have strong opinions about The Last Jedi, and they're not the same as everybody else's opinions. Well, but we, I'm, again, we'll, we'll, I'm we'll touch that on as that an Easter egg for when we discuss the sequel trilogy. Um, it oh, really is. such is. a rich like, vein. Holy shit. It's It's tough. Star Wars is a great topic, but it's also a tough topic because there's so many directions you can go in. Um, right. All right. Well, let's, but to focus it up a bit of the three movies, which one do you think is the worst? Oh, I think fuck. we're going to agree on it personally, but it's hard because they are all, they all mm-hmm. have problems for me. I guess the one that I would least go back to, to watch in its entirety would probably be Revenge of the Sith. You're lying. No, I just no Attack of the Clones. Now that I think about it, <laughs> I knew you were lying. No, clone, <laughs> Attack of the Clones. Because I'm thinking about like there was a lot of bad stuff in Attack of the Clones. Yeah, that's one I always there, go to. The, there's more good in Revenge of the Sith than there was in Attack of the Clones. Like I, I, I the Battle of Geonosis I remember very fondly. Mm-hmm. Like just seeing all the Jedi lightsabers just light up in that scene and just being a kid in theaters losing my fucking mind just to see all those lightsabers go off and then Yeah. Django Fett being punked out. Yep. As per usual. Um oh, it seems like the, that's the destiny of the Fett family. Just to be punked out <laughs> like um yeah for me it's i agree it's attacking the clones they all they are all flawed the, every one of them is flawed even like if you're looking at the broader uh range of the prequel era era if you're hammering it down like anything pre new hope is prequel even rogue one has flaws rogue one is probably the best of the star wars saga oh hands down like hands fucking down i love my favorite star wars movie it is so good it's like that an empire for me um but we agree on that one yeah (laughs) and like it it does have flaws at the beginning of it is very slow like Mm -hmm. um and they've got a great cast and they waste two very very talented cast members they waste saw guerrera they waste um why can't i remember the actor's name now Forrest Whitaker. Thank you, Forrest Whitaker. And they waste Mads Mikkelsen. They really do. Yeah. I, I'm a huge Mads Mikkelsen stan. Um, I'm currently playing Death Stranding, and I'm the more I'm playing, I'm like, I want to know more about his character, because mm-hmm. I'm just constantly getting flashes, and I'm just like, tell me more about him. Yeah. And he's just got that face, too, that just makes you think, like, he, I, don't, I don't know if he can play a good guy. <laughs> he can. But I mean, should he? <laughs> Mm, this is true this is true he does sinister so well if anyone's watched hannibal it's yeah like he does i was about to say he's a good guy in hannibal wait no he's not (laughs) that's that's the beauty of hannibal it makes you think that hannibal's not a bad person then you realize oh wait a minute he literally eats humans like (laughs) 
Um, Definitely one of my favorite TV shows out there. Oh, yeah. Hannibal's excellent. Hannibal is an excellent series. Um, But that kind of reinforces my point of, like, they're all flawed. But Attack of the Clones is the most flawed. Like, I'm excluding the Clone Wars animated movie because that was meant for kids and kids enjoyed it. So, Mm -hmm. done. But Attack of the Clones is a mess. Yeah. Yeah, like it's. I mean, it had some great fight scenes. Like, I love the fight scene between Django and Obi Wan. Oh yeah, that's a good. That's a good scene. I like that. And um, the um, the car, the, all the speeder chase through Coruscant is pretty cool too. Right, mm. but I think what really kills that movie is the whole Padme Anakin dynamic. Yes, exactly. I couldn't agree more. I think it would be better if they hadn't really touched on it. If they really, they couldn't explore it in Phantom Menace, though. So, I mean, I know why they had to do it. I mean, if they'd done it they in Phantom Menace. really hard into it, though. Yeah. Like, really. They leaned into it really hard really quickly. And they really tried for, like. They, they really tried to sell it. But, like. that The dialogue is so bad. Pretty much every scene on Naboo was god-awful. Oh, Absolutely. Absolutely. Which is funny because Naboo is my f- one of my favorite planets in the Star Wars universe. I love Naboo. Oh, mine, mine too. It's fucking gorgeous. But mm-hmm. the, the the scenes and the dialogue on that planet in particular are just bad. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And there is a couple of fan edits of the movies that slot in um, deleted scenes that round out their. L- in love interest for one another and make it feel a little more natural. But I mean, like it doesn't help that much. They were just left out for time, I guess. Right. Yeah. Like there's one where like Anakin or no, uh, what's her name? Padme is sitting down for lunch with her family. Um, and it, I forget the actual dialogue in the scene, but they just, I don't know. It's just, it, it does lead up to like, you think he's kind of cute. Don't you? And she's like, shut up mom. Like it's that kind of thing. Like teenagers in love sort of thing. Like that's what, yeah. Um, least problematic in the series though, my, in my opinion is revenge of the Sith. So when I list out my favorite, um, star Wars movies, it's always like for me, it's cause I can't, if I'm including rogue one, then I can't number it. <laughs> but if I'm looking at just the number trilogy, it's five, three, seven, and four. Um, so empire revenge of the Sith um, Force Awakens, and then A New Hope. I really liked Force Awakens as well. So yeah, it was a rehash of A New Hope. So it it hundred percent was, but I had fun. Like I had a great time. It, we'll come back to that. Then. Yes. <laughs> um. So yeah, I think Revenge of the Sith of the of the trilogy is my favorite. Um, and even of the original, like if you look at the nine films, it's my second favorite. Right. Yeah, like, I love Revenge of the Sith. I think it's the least problematic. It is operatic in the way that it approaches... The, like, the way it approaches its story. It feels, well, a lot more balanced. It's a lot darker. It takes on a very sinister tone throughout most of it. It still suffers from the same prequel stuff. Chunky dialogue. Kind of wooden acting. But so there earlier is when I was... Oh, sorry. No, it's okay, but there's... So earlier when I was saying... Mm-hmm. God damn it. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> go ahead. Go on. No, no, you go ahead. You go ahead. When I was saying earlier about Revenge of the Sith being problematic, I was coming at it from the viewpoint of I read the book. 
Oh. I read the book multiple times. I fucking loved the book. Fair play. Okay. I haven't read the book yet, but it, it's on my list. Been on my list for a long time. It felt problematic because they they dropped the ball a few times. Fair. Where it could have been so much better. Oh, yeah. No, there, that's for sure. I agree. There's a lot of stuff in it that could have been improved on. Um, immediately what comes to mind, there's a deleted scene that discusses the early stages of the rebellion. It's a meeting of a few heads of state, like a few uh, senators, including Padme, Bail Organa, and Mon Mothma, just to name three. Um, you get like a very young, like baby Mon Mothma. She's like maybe in her early 20s. She's about the same age as Padme. Um, mm-hmm. And you get that conversation of them trying to build, like to say like, listen, the, What's happening here, what Palpatine is doing, uh, is not right. He refuses to give up his power. Perhaps we should have a group of people who are like-minded in wanting to return things back to its original order. Um, Might seem treasonous now, but it might come in handy in the future. And that was just cut out of the film. And it's an awesome scene. It's a really awesome scene. I don't know how they, I don't know why they cut that out entirely. Um, yeah. What did you think that was problematic about it? Other than like, where do you think they dropped the ball? Uh, like really building up Anakin's fall. Mm. Um, because it just, it felt weak in the movie, how it was portrayed of how he was digressing. And then all of a sudden it, it's zero to 60 mm-hmm. where it was, it, it was a very much, it was a slow burn. It was like, especially they did better. I feel better about it after watching Clone Wars. Yeah. Because they really built into that more and saw how Palpatine just really manipulated him for so long. Yeah. And another tragedy and another wasted character. We were talking about wasted characters with, um, Mads Mikkelsen and them in Rogue One. Um, Christopher Lee as Dooku. Oh yeah, that's true. He was so wasted. It, like he was, he could have been so much more. We see Dooku's fucking abilities in Clone Wars, and the one thing that I will say about his portrayal of Dooku in Revenge of the Sith, especially, especially knowing Dooku's story and his arc, that moment of betrayal when. Palpatine tells Anakin to do it. Yes. Do it. Good, good. Kill him. Kill him now. And the, the and satanic just, in his eyes. He has spent so long doing the bidding of Palpatine, making sure everything goes the way that Palpatine has won. And then that moment of this entire time, you have used me to groom him. I have been just a placeholder. Yep. That's another, again, another tragic character. Wasted, wasted actor, yes. The character's fleshed out really well, but the total waste of Christopher Lee and his brilliant, brilliant grasp of acting. I like that, like, the most acting he actually got to do, where he actually got to show his chops, was in that scene, literally, where he's conveying panic, realization, betrayal, and fear in a span of like 15 seconds. 
it took me going back and learning more about Dooku, especially revisiting Revenge of the Sith after watching Clone Wars, just to see that that's how that fell and just like how quickly he was able to do that. Yeah. Like you see it. You see it and you you feel it too. Like I think oh what was then what was I gonna say? And another actor that's kinda wasted too, he Sam Jackson is such a good actor, but throughout the entire he's a fan favorite of the trilogy. But they could have done more with him. Mm-hmm. Like Mace Windu is such a badass character. Like Oh yeah, for sure. I also like just outside of the Star Wars universe, he has a purple like Sam Jackson took a lightsaber home and it's a one, it's a purple lightsaber, and it's only purple because he asked George Lucas to make it purple. Um that way he could see himself in Attack of the Clones. Yep. And the actual lightsaber hilt says bad motherfucker on it, just like the wallet from yes, Pulp it does. Fiction. <laughs> Those were his requirements too. Yep. For his lightsaber. I love that. I fucking I love do that. too. Um, I also love like deep diving into Mason Wind News lore is like his fighting style. Yeah. He, he is so close to becoming a Sith. It's not even funny. He just, his whole style is riding the line between good and evil. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I, I used to know the name of the fighting style. It's how much of a fucking nerd I am. I can't remember the name of it though. Now uh, I used to know the styles as well. Yeah. Like, obi-wan's and all that and mm-hmm. i think obi-wan's I guess, form too that's the only thing i remember <laughs> um and it was the fighting style is how people were able to call uh or at least the fans were to theorize who uh ray was related to yeah exactly which we can talk about Ugh, we can talk about later i hate it mary sue palpatine <laughs> <laughs> All I, all I can hear is Kylo Ren, you're a Palpatine. I'm a what? <laughs> you're a wizard, Harry. That's all I like. <laughs> um, but yeah, Sam Jackson, they could have done more with him. They could have really done more with Mace Windu. They could have done more with Mace Windu in the fucking Clone Wars. Yeah, they really could have. Like, Mace Windu in the Clone Wars is just... He's still just as badass, just what you expect... Have you ever watched the original Clone Wars series, though? Yes, which he was so much more badass in. They, yeah. He was amazing. Force-punching, like, B2 battle droids, like, like they destroying super battle droids with his bare hands. <laughs> like, come yeah. on. Between that and then God, they, a waste, Grievous. Grievous is a complete waste. He is. They, they, they punk him out as well. Like... They do. They build up these villains, and that's that. That's a huge. I think that might be the most problematic thing of the prequels. All of the villains, the main antagonists, get punked out and just don't get the due credit they deserve. Darth Maul, Count Dooku, General Grievous, mm-hmm. Jango Fett, even <laughs> like Jango Fett. They they get maybe one good fight scene, but that's it. They don't get. You don't get to see the antagonist be a fucking antagonist. Yeah. Agreed. Like, that's one thing, like, again, going back to Maul, I'm glad they brought Maul back in the, in the Clone Wars and they gave him a brother. Savajo Press is a badass too. If only like he's a Clancy Brown, Clancy Brown. Absolutely. Uh, Clancy Brown and Sam Witwer, who, if you ever Mm -hmm. get the chance, Sam Witwer is 
the god of Star Wars. Like, he's the guy Dave Filoni goes to when he doesn't know something about Star Wars lore. Sam Witwer knows more about Star Wars than anybody else. (laughs) (laughs) And, um... Anyway, that's neither here nor there. I'm glad that some of these characters got fleshed out more because that's a big failing on on the prequels part is that they didn't flesh out these characters more. They just dropped them in because they sold merchandise. Yep. Because, I mean, what's cool? What looks cooler than having a fucking General Grievous toy? Or like having the curved lightsaber hilt of Darth Tyrannus, i.e. Mm-hmm. Um, um, Count Dooku. Or having the paired... Uh, the, I guess after Clone Wars they were paired, but the uh, the silver and gold lightsaber of Palpatine. Right. So if we're really thinking about it, the two biggest flaws of the prequel trilogy, one, n- not fleshing out their villains well enough, and two, their dedication to solely selling toys. Oh yeah. Like I they, I know they, more. They, sorry, they go leaned ahead. Hard. They, they leaned hard into the toy sales. They really did. Like, I know more about the prequel trilogy from the toys than I do from the movies. Like, wow. I, and I remember finishing Phantom, like, and I, the reason I'm bringing this up, and, like, it breaks my heart to know, like, to talk about this, the fact that as much as I love Star Wars and I love deep diving on the lore and I love learning as much as I can about it, it's it's a capitalist wet dream. Like, they make so much money off toy sales and I know this for a fact just thinking back to my childhood after finishing Phantom Menace I left the movie and then like the next day my mom and I went to Walmart and then I was then the proud owner of a Darth Maul lunchbox which I can show you after we're done this I still have it Um, a Darth Maul t-shirt Darth Maul hat Star Wars shorts and an NB1 fighter the the yellow and silver Naboo fighter I love that fighter. It's so sexy. Um, like, so God, it's so nice. Like, it's my favorite thing. Um, it's also worth so much money now, and I wish I hadn't broken it as a child. <laughs> um, but I, like, immediately went out, and my mom bought me all of those things. And, like, it's just, it's monetary. Being a Star Wars fan requires money. Exactly. Like, the amount of times my wife and I have discussed about getting a lightsaber to put somewhere in the apartment, but, like, I'd want a Darth Maul lightsaber or I'd want um, Anakin's lightsaber, but they're 300 bucks a pop. Money. Money Mm -hmm. is... Star Wars is so dedicated to selling things. And ever since they became acquired by the mouse, even more so. Oh, absolutely even more so. Like... I will say that the stories for the most part have improved as of late, but it was still, it's still monetary. How many people do you think, like if you go on TikTok or Instagram or something like that, how many people just own a baby Yoda of some kind? Right. Or a Mandalorian helmet. Like not me sending you links for Beskar uh, fucking gauntlets and uh, pauldrons a couple weeks ago. Literally, literally right there. <laughs> not me going on Amazon to look up how much a dark saber costs. <laughs> like, um, going to the mouse acquisition of 
Star Wars, the best thing to happen to Star Wars in a very long time is Dave Filoni and John Favreau. Oh, 100, 100%. I couldn't agree more. Dave Filoni's been around since before the acquisition, and he was handpicked by George Lucas to continue telling the story. John Favreau is king of the nerds, which you wouldn't expect because he's he's a, such a wonderful director and actor. You don't mm-hmm. ex- you don't expect someone like him to be the king of the nerds, yet here he is. Like, right? Yeah. Um, I've I've always really enjoyed John Favreau's work and mm-hmm. him, him as an actor and as a director. And then, um, I love how him and Filoni are basically taking the things that once Disney took over and said, all right, all the extended universe doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. And they're like, how about now that we're, you know, writing for the official canon, we're going to slide some fucking extended universe in. Oh, a little bit here and there. And make it canon. Yep. Um, and here we go. Yep. And then that's how you get uh, planets like Tython uh, and, and uh, Mandalorian. You get the dark troopers in the Mandalorian. <laughs> You get exactly. uh, the return of Boba Fett in The Mandalorian. <laughs> and Like, we're get, we're fixing problems that fans have bitched and moaned about for years. And we're getting what we want as fans. Like, it's proof that we're being listened to. Exactly. And the best example of that is the introduction of Thrawn. Oh, God, yes. Um, I know you haven't watched Rebels. Um, my first experience with Th- Thrawn, I hate to admit, was Rebels. And I'm sorry to all the Star Wars fans that may or may not be listening to this. I, like, I read the books afterwards. Um, and I still stand by the comment I made in one of our last episodes that the, the extended universe is not all that great. Like, there's, there's some missing, there's some pieces that aren't, aren't good in it. But the Thrawn trilogy is quite good. It's a little dry, but it's quite good. And Thrawn as a character is brilliant. He's a genius. He's a fucking strategic genius. Yeah. He... Vader has the power, yes. Thrawn has the brains. Yeah. Thrawn, and I like the fact that Thrawn uses art, the study of art, to learn about his enemy. That's That, I think, is my favorite aspect of him. Aside from the fact that he's completely ice cold. Mm-hmm. Like he cares about results and he knows how to get them. Um, and God bless Dave Filoni for going like, you know what? You know what Rebels needs right now? Because we're moving it to a later time slot. Fan service. And then, <laughs> <laughs> and then he was like, bam, here is Thrawn. And brought him in voiced by and not wasted Voiced by Lars Mikkelsen, Mads Mikkelsen's older brother. Really? Yes. Did not know that. And he's so frightening. Like he's he's so well done. Um. He also, if you ever get the chance to watch the announcement trailer that he's in, it hypes up so good because the way the way it builds up, it shows. Um, I can't remember the uh character's name. But it's a it's an imperial lead uh, imperial general talking to Grand Moff Tarkin, um, and saying that they need someone to help deal with these rebels on Lothal, um, and then it cuts to audio of Thrawn talking, um, uh, talking. He says like, 
um, to study your enemy is to know them, their history, their culture, their art. And then it just cuts to him walking out of the shadows and you're like, what? (laughs) (laughs) I shit. I remember I was, (laughs) it's hard. It's embarrassing to admit this. I was on the toilet when I watched that happen (laughs) and I thought I was going to shit my pants. I thought it was just, (laughs) I was in the right spot for it. Let's just say that. Of course. Uh, Yeah. Sorry. I, I, I tend to, I apologize. I might have dominated that side of things. Um, no, you're good. Like, listen, this is a topic that you know so much more than me. Where I'm just gonna sit here and be like, "Uh huh, yep, yep, yes, I agree," <laughs> and then throw in my two cents where I can. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. No, no, no. This this works, my dude. <laughs> we we all have those things where we fucking shine, and this is yours for sure. Well, then I have a question for you. Okay. Because we're getting up to the the 50 minute mark. What is your favorite moment from the prequel series? Not just the trilogy. Let's go the whole series. Pick something from the prequel era that is your favorite moment. Fuck. Damn, that that's that's a tough one. Um because looking back on it, there are a lot of things that like the things that I like the most of Star Wars come from the prequel series. Same here. Like dual fates, mm-hmm. the battle on um, fucking Camino between Jango Fett and Obi Wan, mm-hmm. um, the battle of Geonosis, the battle of Mustafar. Oh, yep, 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 yep. yep. There's so much. <laughs> the best casting of the prequel movies, I will say, Ewan McGregor. Oh yeah, Ewan McGregor as Obi Wan Kenobi. I I. There is no wrong. He, I, and the fact that he is coming back is fucking amazing. I've wanted nothing more than to have Obi-Wan's story between episodes three and four expanded on. That's all I've wanted since I heard Disney was taking over the Star Wars uh, copyright. It's the only thing the fans have asked for. It's the only thing we've wanted. (laughs) We didn't just want new Star Wars. We wanted Obi-Wan back and we wanted Ewan McGregor. Exactly. Like, I remember there was a brief moment where everyone thought Chris Pratt was going to be Obi-Wan. And um, I would have been ready to move to the bottom of the Atlantic Ocean to avoid that. Just, I don't want to see that movie. Fair. <laughs> so it's if- not even going to be a movie. It's going to be a show. And mm-hmm. I think that is even better because me personally, I'm a big fan of long form storytelling. Agreed. Yeah. And that's why I love the Mandalorian and mm-hmm. the fact that the Mandalorian. Oh God. I, okay. I'm not going to get into this because like I said, this is, this is something that we can totally just go off on and that'll have to be the next episode because the original trilogy, I'm, I don't know about you, but I have to rewatch it. It's been a long time since I rewatched it, but I just finished watching the Mandalorian again. Mm, so, yep. Next time we talk Star Wars, it'll have to be the Mandalorian. Oh yeah, yeah. So, but your favorite moment in the series? What do you think? <sighs> Fuck, that's it's a tough call. I know there's a lot. I'm gonna say right now, probably Duel of Fates. Yeah. And I read an article just yesterday how influential the Duel of Fates was because that battle had it gone, had Qui Gon survived. 
Anakin would not have fallen. Yep. And that's a whole thing Dave Filoni goes off on. That's why he, that's his favorite scene in the series as well. It is, if you don't, if you follow, you can follow the entire Star Wars saga to the end of Return of the Jedi from Duel of the Fates. And it's, it's brilliant. I love that. So it's a good scene. Qui-Gon Jinn was my favorite character of um, episode one. Oh yeah, absolutely. I love, Qui-Gon's, yeah, Qui-Gon, I have nothing to add. Qui-Gon is brilliant. Another. And I also love his lightsaber. His, oh, yeah. like, his hilt, his lightsaber hilt, probably my favorite in the entire franchise. Just it's classic silver and black right there, just straight up. With the red button. With the red, <laughs> just a red button that's like literally on. <laughs> um, but yeah, Duel of the Fates. That's fair. That's a good, that's a great scene. And probably, it, not probably, it is the most significant scene in the series. Um, another day, we will go off on that topic. I will because I can make I can talk about that for an hour, uh, that in and of itself. But for me, um, my favorite scene in the prequel series, I think, is honestly the fall of Geonosis. Not Geonosis, sorry, the fall of uh, Camino in Bad Batch. I have not. Oh yes, I have watched that one and. That. Yeah, Bad Batch is some great shit. If you guys haven't watched that, please go watch that. Um, the fact that one voice actor can carry an entire show of multiple characters is literally just amazing. It's just D. Bradley Baker, the show. <laughs> like, uh-huh. <laughs> um, he's the voice of the clones. He yeah. like that's it. Like, um, I mean, we could have. Um, actor who is i can't remember his name right oh, now Timora Morrison. yeah and i love how he has reprised that role like they keep they've kept the consistency there and i'm like i love the fact that they brought him back they could have gone mm-hmm. with another actor based on his age they technically could have gone with uh the kid who played boba fett in the movies the kid's old enough now to play boba fett mm-hmm. um but nope they, they went with Timora morrison and Again, going back to The Mandalorian, we're clearly very big fans of The Mandalorian because we keep coming back <laughs> to it. Um, the whole episode on Tython, uh, on Tython where he's like, I'm here for my armor. Like, and he just comes back for, for his armor and then just decimates all of the stormtroopers. First with the stick, like the, the fucking <laughs> yep. Bantha stick or whatever it's called. He's um, not to be fucked with. He's Boba really Fett, they- not. They finally gave him the justice that he deserved. Everyone has always hyped Boba Fett to be a major badass, but it has never been shown in the movies. Mm-mm. He's just a FedEx man with a jetpack. Yep. And he went out like a complete punk in, in revenge. Boba Fett. Boba Fett, where? Spins around, gets hit in the back of his rocket pack, and flies directly into the Sarlacc pit. Like a bitch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but in... Uh, for spoilers for the Bad Batch, in the Bad Batch, one of the last episodes has the fall of Kamino, which is a planet that, you know, if you watched the Clone Wars, you watched Attack of the Clones, like, and you grew up with the prequel trilogy, you know it's an important planet to, to the Star Wars universe. It's an important, like, the city on Kamino is an important city. It's the closest thing the clones have to a homeworld, and the Empire just straight orders them to destroy it. And they comply. They just fucking go with it. 
and you watch this wor- this city that's been built up over m- movies and TV series and books and comic books just sunk just sent to the bottom of the fucking ocean it it's heartbreaking and there's a whole sequence of like flashing through all the empty hallways as they count down to the destruction it's just it the whole thing is just very tragic I might be saying that because it's the most recent thing I've watched that broke my heart. Um, but also, like, I've always had a soft spot for the clones. I really like right. the clones. And I have, I have too. They're, they're, they were one of the better parts of Attack of the Clones. Like, the introduction of them and mm-hmm. really getting to know them during the Clone Wars TV show yeah. was amazing. Like, learning that just because they're clones doesn't mean they're not individuals yeah exactly commander cody and oh god mm-hmm. cody Such great fucking characters cody rex echo fives mm-hmm. fives the whole fives whole arc in the clone wars breaks it, it's heart-wrenching mm-hmm. um the whole there's a whole what three four two or three episode arc in i think season four uh, where uh, Jedi Knight and General Pong Krell, the most hated, probably the most yep. hated character in Star Wars, pits the clones against each other because he just doesn't fucking like them. And like, there's that whole thing where I forget which clone it was that says we were ordered to fire on um, the locals that had like the local enemy that had stolen clone armor. But he freezes, then looks at Rex and goes, "It was you." And then a single tear rolls down his face and he fucking dies. Like. I fucking love Star Wars. <laughs> it's so good. Um, by your recommendation, I've been playing Jedi Fallen Order, and that one is even that that that's. I'm really enjoying it. It's doing great. It's great storytelling. Mm-hmm. The mechanics are fun. The mechanics can be problematic at times. Yeah. As with any Soul style game. <laughs> yeah. Um. But seeing the effects more of the effects of order 66 mm-hmm. is just like the opening scene of that game you're on a scrap planet and you're you're destroying everything republic like the the, the battle cruisers from the clone wars there's the separatist ship that comes down yeah like i i love the little bit of dialogue that um his i forget the character's name but the friend that um Oh, it's going to bother me. What's the character's name from Fallen Order again? You, uh, Cal? Cal, yes, Cal Kestis, that's right. Um, his friend that he's working with says, he's like, wow, a droid control ship. You haven't, don't see those very often. Uh, but the fact that they're destroying all these Venator-class Star Destroyers, perfectly good. And even by their admission on the planet, the best they ever made. Mm-hmm. And they're destroying it just because it is a representation of the Republic. It's, it's savage. There's there, like the effects of order 66 are all encompassing. And I, I like exploring more into what happened right after that. That's why I like the bad batch so much. Yeah. Because you see, because the bad batch takes place, like it starts right at order 66 mm-hmm. and it's just seeing it from a different point of view is so cool. Yeah. Because Star Wars does not need to be about the Jedi. No, it doesn't. The Mandalorian proves that. 
Like it doesn't have to be about Jedi. It doesn't have to be about, I mean, it is at the end. I mean, obviously, but uh, it doesn't, the Mandalorian proves you can tell separate stories in the Star Wars universe that are not about Jedi, that are not about the Skywalkers. And it, they're still just as fucking good. Dipping back into Clone Wars, like I think my I, now that I think about it, my favorite story arc mm-hmm. in that entire series is the arc when um, Obi Wan goes undercover as a bounty hunter. Oh, that's very good. That is very good. That's an underrated arc Where, too. Like he's going in not as a Jedi but as a bounty hunter, and he, he he's not being a Jedi. Mm-hmm. And that you get a lot of glimpses into some terrifying stuff too, specifically with Anakin. Like Anakin does not handle Obi-Wan's quote unquote death very well. No, you, that, that really shows his potential of just losing his fucking mind. Mm -hmm. Like to have such a powerful Jedi be so emotionally unhinged. Like there's so many little Easter eggs like that about Anakin in, in the clone wars. There's a whole scene where he's uh, uh, he's interrogating a Geonosian uh, prisoner, and he just he gets the clone troopers out of the room and the the guards out of the room, and he just fucking force chokes him to get the get the answers he needs. And the Empire theme plays in the background, like Vader's Imperial March plays in the background. It's just or the whole my favorite actually, you know what my favorite arc in the series now that we're because the Clone Wars are just so good. <laughs> Like my favorite moment is still when Gino, uh, when uh, Camino sinks, but my favorite arc in Clone Wars, um, <clears throat> excuse me, is um, Mortis. When they're on, they like they, they travel to like that Force dimension with the father, the son, and the daughter. Mm, right, that and, was very trippy. Yeah, and then you learn the reality that that Anakin is Anakin is the chosen one, and he needs to balance the Force for the father. And he says no. But like, mm-hmm. it's another great episode with Sam Witwer in it. Sam Witwer's the son. Um, God, I love that show so much. I love Star Wars. We're- we came into this episode to talk about the prequel. We've spent a majority of the time talking Clone Wars. Yeah. But when it comes to the prequels, the story was most fleshed out of the prequels. In the Clone Wars. In the Clone Wars. <laughs> and it's like... Clone Wars is referenced so much. Um, New Hope. Mm -hmm. I fought with your father in the Clone Wars. Mm -hmm. Yeah, or yeah, it's um, yeah, fought with your father in the Clone Wars. That's a whole call to action for Obi Wan as well. It's like you served under my father in the Clone Wars. Um, It's referenced repeatedly, even in the sequel trilogy. There's a throwaway line from Kylo Ren that maybe uh, Leader Snoke should have uh, considered creating a clone army. Because the new empire there, the uh, new order, is it they call the new order? I can't remember. It's the new order. Yes. Yeah. Um, are failing him left, right, and center. Like they're just they're not good. <laughs> they're shit. No. Um. Yeah, the Clone Wars and the clones in general take up so much Star Wars lore that um, it makes sense that we ended up diving doing doing a, not really a deep dive, but like focusing mostly on that because that is where most of the story unfolds. And without the Clone Wars to attach Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith together, um, Revenge of the Sith and 
Attack of the Clones kind of can almost end up being separate movies. It feels like. Yeah, they're they're disjointed. Yeah. But with the Clone Wars, it really fleshes out. It fleshes out the characters. It makes you care more about them. Simple as that. Exactly. And like, because like leading you into Clone, or not Clone Wars, but Revenge of the Sith, it, it just opens up action packed. Like immediately, we're in a space fa- battle. Mm-hmm. It's like, um, no build up. Yeah, exactly. Um, and actually, a little fun note to end on. Uh, when they were designing that scene, IL, uh, ILM, was, or was it ILM? Or yeah, it was ILM designing that scene. Uh, they kept getting told to add more and more to it. So there's a brief moment where you see a rocket fly into the side of a Star Destroyer and it blows up. It's like right before you see Obi-Wan and Anakin for the first time inside their ships. And like it's right before the first little bit of dialogue. Uh, what they were told was to throw everything and the kitchen sink into the design. And the thing hitting the ship is a kitchen sink. <laughs> it's been edited to be very small, but it's a kitchen sink flying into the side of a Star Destroyer. Because they needed to put everything in the kitchen sink. <laughs> God damn it. Yeah. Ah! Star Wars. <laughs> what a fandom. Can't live with and it, can't live without it, right? <laughs> exactly. But I think we are coming up on the station for today. Mm-hmm. And I'm sensing that uh, this uh, particular train line is going to be revisiting the Star Wars universe multiple times for the what's foreseeable future. A, yeah, what happens when you have a bunch of fucking nerds doing a podcast? Yes. Just rambling onward and upward. I'm, I'm impressed with us. We did not make one comment about how attractive Obi-Wan is until right now. God, he's so hot. (laughs) (laughs) All right, everybody. Thank you for joining us. Uh, We can be found on the internet place. We have a Reddit. uh, Reddit.com slash R. I'm bad at Reddit. It's okay. R R slash Technicolor Trainwreck. Um, You can find myself on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Tythus. T-Y-T-H-I-S. And you can find me under the screen name I am the underscore narrator on Twitch. That is twitch.tv slash I am the underscore narrator. Sometimes I stream. <laughs> and hopefully we'll have our reports from Matt in the field about sand soon. <laughs> oh boy. I wish him good I wish him luck on that. I hope he doesn't suffer a spice stream though. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> what if what hey hey ryan what if the goblin just takes over his whole being oh god what if the what if the secret mission he's actually on is not about sand but to discover what it really means to be a true goblin oh shit i'm scared so am i all right everybody (laughs) thank you and we'll see you in the next car (laughs) bye-bye